Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Places Where We Go, where today we're going to try to get focused again and continue our discussion of Rome, Italy, because last time we deviated and took you to Northern California because we were excited about that recent trip that we took. Yes, we have many deviations in our life, but it's awesome. Yeah, we, we, have, we have more travel that we've done <laughs> yes. than we could fit into this every other week schedule that we have. Yes. So back to Rome we go. Last time we talked about Rome, we started an overview of 10 things to see, 10 places to go. Part one, we hit numbers one through four. We're going to finish our list today. So we're going to start on number five on our list, which is Castel Sant'Angelo. So this place is also known as Hadrian's Tomb. This fortress is located a short distance from Vatican City, right on the bank of the Tiber River. So interesting history about this place that goes back to the year 135, a long, long time ago. And that's when Emperor Hadrian constructed this place, which he intended to be a mausoleum for his family. Fast forward a few centuries later to the year 590, when we had a great epidemic of plague that devastated Rome. And at that time, Pope Gregory I had a vision of St. Michael the Archangel on top of the castle, announcing the end of the epidemic. And in memory of that apparition, the building is crowned with a statue of St. Michael, which you see today when you go visit Castel Sant'Angelo. Fast forward a few more centuries to the year 1277, and that's when they built an 800-meter-long corridor connecting the castle with Vatican City so that the Pope could escape in the event that he became endangered. Which did happen. It did. During the sieges that occurred in Rome during 1527, Pope Clement VII used the fortress as a refuge. So we ended up with free tickets when we were in Rome and saw this place that to me, it was amazing. It had this ancient sense to it. You got to see this fortress. I remember the cannonballs on the top. Right. Do you remember why we had free tickets? I think it was part of the Roma Pass. Okay. Okay. That because the, because we talked about the Roma Pass last time, and I believe that gave yeah, you yeah. free access to two sites. Mm-hmm. So we used that one of those for yeah. the castle. Right. The castle is split into five floors. You can visit cells where historical figures were incarcerated, rooms that functioned as a papal residence. There's an extensive collection of weapons. And when you reach the upper floor, there's a large terrace where you can take some amazing photos of the city of Rome from above. Which we did. Mm -hmm. They have some amazing bridges, old bridges that cross over. Um, the river. Now, just forewarning, it is there in the tourist times that there are people that are dressed in the Roman era. And if you approach them and talk to them, just be aware that they will ask you to take a picture. And then once you take a picture, they're going to ask for money. Now, if you don't mind that, that's okay. But 
kind of be aware of that. That's the way they roll. That's the way. Something I make money, right? Yep. Number six is the Apian way. And that is actually one of the favorite things that we did while we were in Rome. The Apian way or in uh, Latin would be via Appia was Rome's gateway to the east. It's Europe's first superhighway, which is very interesting to say, because in our minds, we see superhighways that are expansive and wide and go these amazingly long distance with connections. And in a sense, that's what this is, but it is a very old, old road. And there's sections of it, they're still original to the the Roman road that was built there. It eventually stretches about 400 miles and they had access to the east. It is also the road where St. Paul encountered Christ. You walk on the same stones as Julius Caesar and St. Paul. And I think that's why I found that so incredibly amazing because every step that I took, that was in my mind. Mm -hmm. The first 10 miles of the Apian Way are preserved as an archaeological park, and you will find many, many ancient ruins along the way. Some of them are marked. I believe there were some that we didn't see markers for, but you'll see these Roman ruins, and you'll see major Christian catacombs in this area, and a church that marks the spot where Peter had his vision of Jesus. When you look down At the stone in this road, you can still see the indentations from the old chariot wheel tracks. And I remember walking along and looking so intently down, looking for these tracks that, you know, you got to be careful you don't miss what else is along the way. There's Mm -hmm. so much there. As we passed the ruins, we kind of stopped and took a look, took some pictures. It's just an amazing, amazing walk in a very, very historic area. It's kind of, it's in the open, so you will hear birds. We especially heard and saw these green parrots that were in the trees, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's the first time that I had ever seen green parrots, like in the wild, because where we live in Southern California, we don't have those types of birds. Yeah, we ran into those in England, too. We did at Hyde Park. Yes, and they were wild. As you head back to the city center, you can stop by the Domine Quo Vatis Church, this ninth century church was built on the spot where Peter saw a vision of Christ while he fled Rome and escaped Nero's persecution. Peter asked Jesus, Lord, where are you going? In Latin, Domine Quo Vadis, to which Christ replied, I am going to Rome to be crucified again. This miraculous sign gave Peter faith and courage, and it caused him to return to Rome where he would be persecuted and later executed. So we went inside that church. I remember that. It was small. It was beautiful. Um, It looked very ancient and very old. There was a stone in there, which is very well known, that is said to be the footprints of Christ. There's also a statue inside of the Nobel Prize winning author, Henry Sienkiewicz, who wrote the historical novel Quo Vadis. That book was also the basis of a 1951 Hollywood film, which you can see also by the name of Quo Vadis. Which and I have seen. Yeah, we both have. We yeah, both saw it. Yeah. yeah. I think I read the book along many... I think you said you did. Many, many years ago. Yeah. But the book, the movie, it takes you back to this area, and that was the inspiration for mm-hmm. both of those works of art. Mm-hmm. There's another movie called Spartacus, and this is 
another historical event that took place on this road. It was a slave revolt, and it was led by Spartacus in 73 BC. And after the Roman army subdued the insurrection, they crucified more than 6,000 slaves and lined the Apian Way for 130 miles with their bodies. There's a grotesque sight. But you walk down that road, and there's such an immense history connected to it. And when you're there and you think about it, it just... um makes it almost kind of like a surreal experience, I think. Very much so. They also call it the Queen of Roads. There are 29 such highways that spread across Rome, but the Apian Way was the first, and it retains a very, very legendary status. So I would highly recommend you head to the Apian Way if you're ever in Rome and in that area and it will just kind of throw you back a thousand years, and it's it's an incredible experience. Yeah. Moving on to number seven, which is close by the Apian Way, is the Basilica of St. Sebastian and the Catacombs. So in addition to the entirety of the Via Appia, we suggest stopping at this basilica, which is a doorway to the Catacombs of St. Sebastian. A place that's attracted devout Christian pilgrims for centuries, the martyred remains of St. Sebastian were buried at the site in the year 350, and a basilica was erected over the grounds to honor the saint in the early 4th century. When we stopped there, we took a tour of the basilica that was offered in English, and that's one of the nice things when you go to Rome and, and I think other places commonly, yeah, other places in Europe is you don't always have to speak the native language. And especially if you're an English speaker, there's usually accommodation for things in English. Inside the basilica, there's behind a glass case, the arrow that is said to allegedly have struck St. Sebastian during his murder. And that's something that we had seen. We also saw in the Basilica the final masterpiece created by Gian Lorenzo Bernini, his masterpiece called Salvatore Mundi, something that he made when he was 82 years Mm. old. And that was pretty fascinating. After going inside the church, we then had a chance to visit the catacombs. This is the area where the earliest Christians were buried. So back in the day, their burial had to be outside the walls of Rome, and there's thousands of tombs in this area. St. Sebastian is buried on these grounds, and the tomb-lined tunnels of the catacombs stretch for miles. They're many layers deep, and many of the Christians who were buried here were later recognized as martyrs and saints by the Mm. Catholic Church. There was also like a little chapel area, too, and I believe it was in memory of St. Sebastian. So it it was quite expansive. Yeah. And when we were down in the catacombs, there was pointed out to us the symbolic carvings that decorated the walls. There was the fish, which was the symbol of Christ, the anchor that was the symbol of the camouflaged cross, and the phoenix with a halo symbolizing the resurrection. And they did that because it was symbols that the Romans had not yet deciphered. Secret because code. they would go in, if you were Christian, they would desecrate your grave. They were very careful not to mark their gravesite with an obvious cross. Yeah. This area was also among the first that used the term catacombs, which comes from the Latin at catacumbus, which means near the hollows, and since that time has signified underground Christian burial chambers. 
you're going to find two major Christian catacombs along the Via Appia. There's tours available to visitors. The catacombs of St. Sebastian, which we saw, are the smaller of the two. And the larger catacombs of San Callisto is the other one. And it's also the burial site for several early popes. Number eight on our list is the Spanish Steps. And we had started walking to find the Spanish Steps. We weren't sure exactly where they were, so we kind of wound around the city streets. And you had an idea, Mm -hmm. Um, but we wound around the city streets, and then it opened up, and there was lots and lots of people, and there was this beautiful fountain there, and those would be the Spanish Steps. The Piazza di Spagna, or the Spanish Steps, is one of Rome's most renowned squares in that area, the name comes from the Palazzo di Spagna, the seat of the Spanish Embassy for the Vatican, which this has been located on the square since the 17th century. And in this area, you'll find the famous Spanish steps, which were built at the beginning of the 18th century. As we walked towards the step, we noticed that there was stores that were becoming more higher end and pricey, and it just kept getting closer and closer and closer to the steps and the stores got pricier and pricier and pricier so you're in a an area that has money it seems yeah it just reminded me of like if we were walking down rodeo drive in beverly hills which is close to where we live (laughs) out of our price range out of our price yes i kept getting flowers kind of shoved at me at one point while i was on the steps by a man that kept saying they were free and they were for good luck he was pretty aggressive with you wanted to give you those flowers (laughs) wanted to give you luck yes but if you took the flower then he would start pressing you for money it's very similar to the people that are dressed in the roman attire you don't know up front that they're going to ask you for money until after they have handed you something or taken a picture or something so it's something that's used in rome for tourists yeah And apparently it works well because they have been doing it for many, 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 many decades. You might think, geez, the people here are friendly. They're giving me, everybody's giving me flowers. Yes. So I remember giving the flower back. Yeah. I don't think he was happy about (laughs) that. You were pretty annoyed at that. I was. Yeah. I was. Um, There is a church on top of the staircase. It's the Church of Santissima Trinita dei Monti, which we also went into. The staircase is the favorite spot among tourists to sit and relax, enjoy the views of the Piazza di Spagna and that beautiful fountain, which has its own antiquity to it, that's below it. That fountain is called the Fontana della Barcaccia, and it is in English, the Fountain of the Ugly Boat. I find that interesting. Mm -hmm. And it was designed by Pietro Bernini, and Pope Urban III placed it at the center of this piazza. So yeah. it's it's very old. Spanish Steps, I think, are one of those iconic places that tourists visit in Rome. If I'm and I could be mistaken, but there's an a couple of episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond where the family takes a visit to Rome, and I think there's a scene where they're on the Spanish Steps. I think. Yeah, it is iconic, yeah, yeah. and and I'm glad we went. Mm-hmm. It's something to see. And I'm sure at tourists, at the high season of tourism, it's very, very, very busy. Yeah, it's kind of like the last episode we talked about Trevi Fountain, the Colosseum. There's a few places in Rome that are just these magnets, and the Spanish Mm -hmm. Steps is one of those. Mm -hmm. 
Moving on to number nine, we have the Baths of Diocletian. The Diocletian Baths were commissioned by the Emperor Diocletian back in the year 298. And these baths back in the day had a capacity for over 3,000 people. It was the largest bath complex in ancient Rome. When you visit today, you're not going to find people enjoying themselves in the large baths, but you get to see the remains and the ruins of what used to be there once upon a time. It's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. During the construction of the baths, thousands of Christian slaves were used for its construction and thousands of Christian slaves died. The public baths remained open for close to about 300 years or so when the Goths cut off the aqueducts in an attempt to conquer Rome. In 1561, Pope Pius IV ordered Michelangelo to build the Basilica of Santa Maria degli Angeli on the remains of the baths in order to honor all of the Christian slaves who died there. And when you go visit the baths today, you can see not only the remnants of the baths, which are part of the National Museum of Rome, but you can also visit, it's like kind of connected right to it, next to it is the basilica that we just mentioned. Which we weren't aware of. We thought it was just the Diocletian Baths, and right. we didn't know that that basilica was next to it. Yeah, it was kind of a surprise during yeah. our visit. Yeah, and It had an incredible organ. Yeah, so you get a chance to see two things for the price of one, if yeah. you would. Yeah, Inside the baths, you're going to stroll through a 16th century garden that has nearly 400 works of art. There's many statues sarcophagi and reliefs and we spent the better part of one of our afternoons just looking at all those ancient super old sculptures Mm -hmm. stoneworks yeah so another neat place to see in rome today the price to go inside is 13 euro and as always you know do check the websites for all of these places that we talk about just to make sure when they're open This particular place, and this is common for many museums throughout Europe, closed on Mondays. So when you're Mm -hmm. planning your Italian itinerary, Europe itinerary, oftentimes Mondays you're going to want to reserve for something other than museums. Number 10 on the list. As we do, and especially in Rome, we visit a lot of churches, basilicas, cathedrals. This is what we like to do. In Rome, you can't help but do it because a major part of that history is the Christian history. So we visited uh, Mary Major, St. Paul's, uh, Lateran Basilica. All of those places are worth going to in my mind because it's not about the religion so much, But the history is just absolutely incredible. And the ancient art that's in it. For me, it's my Catholic faith. But for a lot of people, they go there because the history that you find there is stunning. It's just stunning. There's also remains of some of the saints in these churches. At the Lateran Basilica, there are steps that are said to be the steps that Jesus walked up when he was facing Pontius Pilate. So these are very significant to Christian history. And for some, they are actually a pilgrimage in their walk of faith. So many of these churches are just absolutely incredible to visit. 
and well worth it. Yeah. One thing that's nice, especially about the churches, is for the most part, anybody can walk into any of the Catholic churches. There's usually not like an admission fee. Some of them I think you'll walk into and there may be a suggested or a request for a donation. But generally speaking, you can walk in and you can admire the beauty of the churches. And that's like an additional thing that you can do while you're in Rome. And there's just so many just marvelous buildings. Yes. There's also the church has been instrumental in much of the music that's been created over the centuries. And sometimes you're lucky enough to walk into one of these churches and you'll hear someone playing the organ or it could be a choir practicing. It could be something. And you get that wonderful experience Mm -hmm. of sitting in this church, which is made for this music and, you know, get a chance to listen. Yeah. And when you hear that sound reverberating through that massive space, you almost can't help but You just want to, you know, take a moment, sit down, listen and soak it in because the way it sounds in that space, you just can't duplicate that experience on your stereo. Mm -hmm. Definitely not on your earbuds. Well, and then again, modern day churches are not built for that. They're not built for the acoustics anymore. Mm -hmm. Back then they were built for the acoustics Mm -hmm. because music was a major part of the liturgy. So that wraps up 10 highlights from our perspective for your visit to Rome. So these, you know, we share 10 things that we did. Hopefully those 10 things give you some ideas when you're planning your itinerary to Rome. We did these and so much more, a fantastic city to visit. So we have more to come on visiting Italy because we visited several cities. So if you join us next time, we're going to take you to a different part of the country and we'll keep filling your minds with ideas for your own itineraries when you visit Italy because everybody should go to the country at least once in their lives. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. So thanks for joining us at the places where we go. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe to our channel. And we always like comments. We'll answer questions for you if there's something that you'd like to know. So give us a quick text. We'd love it. You can also catch our adventures on YouTube. We're on YouTube at The Places Where We Go. And we post videos of our travels most every single week. So thanks for joining us places where we go. Bye. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.